Well, welcome to The Raw Roast, where we have real conversation about faith and life over a good cup of coffee. My name is Tucker Anderson, and I'm one of the hosts of this podcast, and I'm here uh, today with a few of our regulars, uh, Pastor Ben Tyvall, who is our engagement pastor, and our senior pastor, Sean Winters. Um, Sean, you've been in a sermon series um, for the last year, maybe a little bit over a year, uh, through the Book of Romans. Uh, When did you actually start the sermon series? We started at the beginning of uh, January, back in 2021. So, yeah, it feels like a long time ago. Never done a series through a book this long, this in-depth. Well, it's been a good series because, you know, as we've all now discovered uh, going through this, it really combines really deep theology. But towards the back end of the book, it gets into some practical issues and the last couple of weeks, you've you've touched on um, what you've referred to as uh, disputable and non-disputable issues. You know, for Paul, as you've highlighted, there were some a certain set of issues um, in the church. You know, one of those being uh, eating meat sacrificed to idols. Um, we don't have that issue probably today. At least that's probably my guess. Um, has Ben just uh, finished his pulled pork sandwich? <laughs> I don't think that was sacrificed to any idols. <laughs> Uh, what what would be some how do how do you understand disputable and non-disputable? Are there some guidelines around how we can discern what those things are? Maybe let's start by defining those terms. Sure. And if I could just uh, start by reading uh, Romans fourteen, verse one, the foundation of this con- conversation. Uh, Paul writes, except those whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. And so it's uh, this this realization in the church there that there are some who have different views towards, as you said, what food is okay to eat and then what days are okay to celebrate and what do those mean about our walk with God. And and he encourages acceptance of each other. Um, He grounds that in the acceptance we have in God, grounds that in the, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he, he grounds it in the fact that we're going to be held in judgment for how we treat each other. So those are pretty weighty theological groundings for, boy, accept each other around disputable issues. So then the question was, what is disputable and what is indisputable? Which I think is really important as a believer to, to grab hold of that. And we start with things like, you know, the inerrancy of the word of God that we believe that we have in the original transcripts, the true revealed word of God. Um, Within that, we understand things like the Trinitarian understanding of God. We think of uh, the salvation, the grounding of that in Christ and Christ alone. But then, you know, we can get into some of those, those challenging issues where, you know, the, the issue of marriage and biblically speaking, there isn't, there isn't a lot of dispute. God says marriage is between a man and a woman. It's a lifelong commitment. We, we look at scripture and we say, you know, life begins at conception. Um, that there's, there's a number of passages, Psalm 139, but in particular where Mary visits Elizabeth and John in her womb jumps with excitement at the presence of Jesus within the womb of Mary. I mean, there's, you know, anatomically, scientifically, Heartbeat at 19 days, life begins at conception. Um, We've also talked a lot about justice issues (laughs) in our culture today. I mean, God is a God of justice, righteousness, and justice. 
So I would throw all those things under indisputable issues and we can talk about some more, but disputable issues. I'd also throw out that we can have deep convictions around them. So you can find clear biblical um, commitment and people who are authentic believers and really value the word of God who have different views on the ordination of women. You can see people with different views towards the mode of baptism, um, you know, communion, uh, what, what we should then take for, um, you know, these might be a little bit more disputable, like, you know, what, what to do with money, how, how to make your entertainment choices, the use of alcohol, all sorts of things. Does that kind of give an idea? Yeah, that's helpful. I, what, what do you think are, you've hit on a couple of probably the main disputable uh, or excuse me, indisputable issues that I think some people would see as disputable, and, and maybe that's where you get into some conflict. Um, you know, maybe, I mean, let's take, how would you approach the scenario where you take an, a, a topic like marriage? Um, and I, of course, would agree with you. I think it's a, it's indisputable. Scripture is clear. Marriage is between a man and a woman. How do you interact with someone who says, well, that's your understanding, your interpretation of that passage, but here's my interpretation of it, and they arrive at a different conclusion. How do you approach a scenario like that? Yeah, again, um, you know, P- Paul says, hey, we, we need to accept people who are of weaker faith, and that isn't to put people in categories saying, oh, well, I guess you're just weak. Um, but it's to say, you know, people come down in different understandings, and and yet there are still um, you, you know, there are patterns for interpreting scripture mm-hmm. and there are, there are places where we can find confidence in how we look at and what we talk about. And so in every instance of scripture, um, marriage is defined as a man and a woman. It's that there is no other description. Um, God hates divorce. And yet, you know, God says, I, I'm the divorcee, like Israel violated, betrayed, he divorced Israel. So it isn't that that divorce is unspoken of, and there's some patterns where divorce and remarriage are biblically acceptable. Um, but when we just look at the biblical definition, and, and what does it mean to have a Christian marriage? It's a, you know, it's a man and woman who believers in Jesus Christ and make that commitment. And so I, how do you approach that man? I, w- I would have a conversation. I'd ask questions. Um, if we want to go and kind of unpack some scripture and look at that, I would be more than happy to do that with a person who's asking that. Um, you know, the, the issue of homosexuality, again, is one of those where where it's it, scripture is clear, and yet, boy, there's lots of dispute. And so we go back to scripture, but we're also very sensitive and conversational and non-condemning in those conversations as best we can be. Think of some other uh, some other topics that can you know seem to come up quite frequently. That would that might be issues around uh, creation, evolution, um, or even areas around eschatology. You know the uh, the Book of Revelation. How how do you see those particular categories? Are those I mean would you would those fall in the disputable indisputable categories? What, what how do you understand those? Well, I, I think you bring up a good point. Some of these, um, some of these topics, I think, are are evangelistic. So there's people outside the church that are asking questions of the church and of 
the Bible. And some of them I kind of categorize as intramural struggles. Like, you know, it's believers parsing the word, like trying to figure out, um, you know, I have, I have some people in the congregation that come from a different theological camp than I come from. And, you know, that they, after every service, they, they bring up the Calvinist Armenian conversation. And so, you know, it's just, it's just fun. And, and I have no doubt about their authentic faith in Jesus Christ and they don't doubt mine. Um, I just, I guess I feel more secure than they do. So it's, it's this intramural conversation. So eschatology, I would say is something that we, it's fun to discuss. It's a great conversation to have. Um, but that, that conversation usually happens between someone who's been a believer for a long time and has gotten into that topic. Whereas if you're talking about marriage or gender issues, it's very likely is someone who's struggling with their faith and wondering about the church. Hmm. So th- th- those approaches can be very different. Yeah, so there's a no, there might be different motivate. Well, almost always there's going to be different motivations behind a particular topic or issue that's being addressed, which probably, like you're saying, doesn't form how we should address it. You know, sometimes it's probably from more of a pastoral perspective. Other times it's other times it might require the um, you know, getting into a, a theological discussion uh, and more of a philosophical discussion. It really, I think, probably depends on the on the issue. Ben, I mean, you you have kids that are in um, you know uh, grade school and in some of the higher grades. I mean, are there questions? Are there issues that you feel like from a parent that you're hearing um, that your kids have had to deal with and address? Uh, what are your thoughts on this question of what are the kind of the hot button issues that are being talked about, and w- how do you understand this disputable and disputable matter? Yeah, I think there are a lot of there are a lot of these that are that are coming up. Certainly for my kids, I think any anybody uh, at at any time, you know, in throughout history, as they've grown up, as they've developed, as as you know, we've existed within the culture at large. There are there are different uh, there are different kinds of topics coming up. Like there is a way of the world. And then there is a way of, then there is the way of Jesus. So there's always going to be a a difference uh, between those two. And so this journey of trying to figure out how how is it that we follow Jesus in the midst of a of a culture that is not ultimately reflecting, uh, you know, the the things of of God and. I think right now, I mean, I, Sean, you mentioned several of these as you were, you know, talking about different things. But I, I think, I mean, certainly, uh, in my house, the conversation continually comes up uh, around politics. You know, conservatives and liberals. Uh, there's, as my kids get older, they're starting to form different kinds of opinions uh, politically, and that's that is an interesting. <laughs> Sean, you have even older kids, so I'm sure you have have walked that path as well. But you know, just at, at, yeah, as kids grow up, they're developing their own thoughts and their own opinions around this, and it's uh, so that that's one um, that's certainly been a hot button issue across the board, right, for us culturally. But I think questions around 
uh, human, you know, just human sexuality and gender. And, uh, and so that's an, yeah, that's another conversation that's being had, uh, in our house. And how do we, how do we approach this with the, you know, holding to the basic truth that you guys have already mentioned from Genesis two and Jesus, you know, affirms this in the gospels. And when he talks about, uh, you know, marriages between a man and a woman. That's, you know, by design, the man shall leave his mother and father, cling to his wife. The two will become one. Um, that is the model or the framework that is given to us. So we could argue, again, that's that's what we see in scripture. That is the, the meta narrative of human sexuality. I think that it's important to start there. And so when having some of these other conversations kind of out, uh, you know, out of that topic or in that place, I, I think there's a really, I, there is an importance of approaching all of these conversations in my mind with a sense of humility that even though I, I can hold deep and strong conviction yeah. and at the same time I can recognize, how do I want to say this? Like the level playing field, meaning that, whomever I'm sitting across from, whomever I'm in relationship with having a conversation, my need for, for grace, my, my need for, uh, for Jesus is the same as their, their need for Jesus. And so I guess coming back to that, the conversation of disputable and indisputable, I find myself continually coming back to that indisputable truth of, of of the of the gospel of the good news of Jesus that hey we're I can be in relationship with you and I can meet you wherever you're at because I'm living from a place of of recognizing my continued need for uh, for for the blood of Jesus and um, so that does help I think that helps the conversation I think that helps you know my my own, um, I would say even like, I don't come with the same kind of agenda even like I, it's not my job to like, you know, get like, get you to believe a certain way. Like my job is to, to meet you where you're at, love you in the way that Jesus would certainly extend grace, but also share truth. And at the end of the day, it's the Holy spirit who's working on their heart. So I've, I've tried to instill that you know, in, certainly in, into my kids as best I know how. And, and I, I try to, I try to, as best I know how by the power of the spirit, like just live from that place, meet people uh, in that way. And I just was hit with this thought guys. Um, you know, as we talked about here, here's what are some of my thoughts about indisputable. And then here are some things that are disputable. Um, you know, that's, that's easier to say when I'm in a group of people that says we all, we all believe in the Bible. Um, and, you know, here, here's what our church stands or here's where our theological camp is. Um, but that the definition of disputable, I don't always get to assign. So if you sit down with somebody else and they've said, hey, this issue is dis- disputable, um, I think I think it's fair within the context of Romans 14, one to go with their definition. Yeah. Yeah. And I then agree. apply that passage and say, you know, how do I accept them? You know, the next verse says, don't hold them with contempt. 
you know, some some believe in this perspective. Some some say, hey, I don't understand how someone could be a Republican and be a believer. Someone else says, I can't I can't believe how you could be a Democrat and be a believer. Okay, so that in their minds a disputable issue, which by the way, you know we're we're not, we're not into defining political camps with with faith. We're we're, we're faith first, but but just open that. And I, Ben, I appreciate that. Like let's we're, let's walk into this space with an idea that this is a disputable issue. And how do I how can how do I come into this graciously? Um, I'm not going to compromise my conviction, but I'm going to be, I'm going to make sure my, my conversation is gracious. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to come with the idea that I'm going to fix them and make sure that they understand the truth, but I, but I can declare, here's where I, where I land. This is what I believe. And these are the reasons I believe it. Um, and then, you know, I, I think one of my main applications was back off. Like, like, I think we need to leave the room for the spirit and the word to work. You know, if, mm. if we believe scripture is alive and active and able to pierce, um, you know, that's then, good. Yeah. I, I think some, some other thoughts around that, Sean, is uh, there's a practical piece. I feel like in that conversation where I, I feel like before I even get to the place where, where I'm interjecting what I believe, I, I do feel like in in a lot of cases uh, the most effective thing I can do or the best way that I'm able to love the person across from me is actually to be deeply interested in in them and and their story and their experience and so I think practically speaking that might mean going in asking God for for the wisdom to know, when when to speak and and when to hold on to my um you know my my response and mm. potentially in in that relationship and again i think it is that it's back to that point that you made of of the back off <laughs> like really coming in with the sense of hey this this is not up to me like you said to fix or change this person like my job really is as scripture tells us it's to it's to love them right to to love thy neighbor as as myself well i i more than anything want to approach them with a, a genuine sense of hey i i want to love you and the best way i know how to do that is to to hear your story how are you doing tell me more about that like i i not so that i can then pick apart your argument but so that i can genuinely yeah. get to know you and, you know, scripture says that it's kindness that leads to repentance. Like, I, again, I, I think there's times for, for standing up for truth and being able to give an answer for the hope that we have. Like, I'm, I'm not, certainly not disputing that at all. I think more of saying, taking that posture of listening and showing, showing that I care and that I genuinely love the other person by the way that I listen to them and leave leave the space to, to say, Hey, I want, I want to know you and your experience. So it seems like what both of you are saying is there's both the content of the matter then, and there's also the context. So if I think about like membership at Calvary, we actually have some indisputable theological issues when it comes to membership, like baptism, for instance, that's indisputable that you have to be baptized by immersion, believer's baptism 
in order to be uh, part of the membership process at Calvary, context probably uh, has to – it also determines if an issue is disputable or indisputable depending on what the purpose of the context or conversation is. If it's a membership conversation, well, that's indisputable. We have – I mean, baptism is a requirement. So <laughs> – um, yeah, we, we had we had a lot of indisputable issues at our home. Like, you know, you, you wait for everyone before yeah. you jump into dessert. You yeah. Know? Or <laughs> like like you say, thank you before you can be and and that's to be dismissed before you leave the table. Yeah. And I wouldn't I wouldn't require that of everybody that comes to my house. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, no, you're right. And and theologically that's true. And and you know, the, the challenge comes in parenting and yeah. when your kids diverge theologically or in a practical mm-hmm. um, issue from you as a parent. And, mm-hmm. boy, you know, we don't want to react out of fear mm-hmm. and yet, man, we want to teach our kids well and we want to challenge our kids. well. Yeah. You, that touches on a, would you say we don't want to react out of fear? I mean, that really hits home for me. I, I think that oftentimes, I mean, if I'm looking in the mirror, that that's probably the reason why I'm, why I would jump in and feel the need to, uh, you know, defend before, before that was the, uh, the, the best approach. Or when I start to get defensive or feel like I'm in a, in a place of like, Oh, wait a minute. That's not true. I need to, you know, let me enlighten you. Let me tell you what's true. I feel like when I'm in that space, it is most often from a place of insecurity and fear. I, it kind of a, and I would say kind of a misplaced uh, trust or, or, you know, I'm, I'm sort of take, trying to take control of the situation in, in a way where I'm not necessarily trusting that God, that God's got this, <laughs> you know, that it really is, that the Holy Spirit really is at work and that this is a process. Uh, yeah, I'm just speaking from, you know, some of my own experience, I would say conversations with my own kids when I find myself reacting, that typically is what's going on in me is like, is a fear of, oh no, how could they believe this? Or, or, oh no, I don't want them to go down this path to end up believing in X, Y, Z, whatever it might be. And so I think the more that I'm, I'm just resting in, I would say my own identity of, and my, just this continued relationship with, with God being secure and knowing who God is and who I am as a result of that. Like, I think I carry, I tend to carry a little bit more uh, of an ability to, to just be with people uh, without, without having kind of this anxious presence. uh, If, if that's, if that makes any sense. Let let me hit on two verses that almost stand a little bit in contrast in this Romans 14. Um, and then we'll have Tucker clear this up for us. But um, verse 19. Perfect. Says, Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and the mutual edification. So it's this idea that, you know, peacefully, but there's still this mutual edification. We're supposed to teach, raise up. So that'd be parenting. That would be friends. It's, it, it's a really, it's a, it's a directive to be um, intentional about our training of others. Verse 22 says, whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. (laughs) So, okay, Tucker, 
resolve that one for us. What was the first verse again that you were <laughs> 19. Okay. 19 says that we're supposed to be intentional uh-huh. about peace, but also training and mutual edification. Now we're not going to leave you abandoned on this Tucker, but you know, in verse 22 says, actually you should come to some conclusions and you should just keep it between yourself and God. This feels like a good ordination council question. There you go. <laughs> You know, it, that's a good question. Let me just throw out a, a, a scenario. I mean, there's yeah. times where I'm in an edification role with my parent, with my kids, right? And my job is to help train them, and I can train them deductively, saying, "Here's what the word says, and here's why it says it," or inductively, let's just converse about it and then explore scripture together. Um, but there's other times where I'm going to hold a conviction, and maybe in the context of the greater church community. And for the sake of the gospel, you know, I'm just going to hold that one close. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a number of convictions I have as a pastor around issues that are, I would say, disputable, but wisdom issues that, man, I, I don't really need to preach about that from the pulpit. <laughs> I don't need to say, Here, here's what I believe about this, mm-hmm. um, but I'm going to hold that between me and God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you sit down with me and have a conversation, I'm going to say, here's why I believe it. Yeah, I, I, I think that I, I agree with that. I mean, when you look at what he says here in 19, do what promotes peace, do what builds one another up. And then, you know, you get down whatever you believe about these matters about eating and drinking, keep these between yourself and God. The implication being that, if you open your mouth, you might, you might cause more issues. You might cause yeah. more harm, mm-hmm. and do things or say things that don't that that don't promote yeah. peace and unity. And so it, I think yeah. this it brings out one of the places in Scripture where there's a tension to be managed, not a problem to be solved. Yeah, that's a good Just way to say it. Beautiful issues, and our conversations with others who see things differently than us. Mm-hmm. Sometimes edification works. The bridge of relationship is strong enough to hold that. Other times, I think I'm just going to hold that a little bit closer, not because I'm afraid of their reaction, but because I'm not sure it's going to help them. Yeah. And I need to help get them to the point either relationally or in their submission to the word of God and submission to God above all things before they're ready to handle that truth. Yeah. And, um, and we need to just, <laughs> we need to be wise in that. It's good. This has been helpful for me, and I yeah. I appreciate that thinking about this from a pastoral perspective, lowercase p. I mean, anybody listening to this can yeah. interact with someone pastorally, mm-hmm. and um, that non-anxious presence. We can reach out to Tucker and Ben for more wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And we'll forward it on to Sean. <laughs> we'll no, CC I, Sean. We'll <laughs> no, and, and, you know, to our listeners, I, I agree with you, Tucker, you know, anything that we can do to help our listeners kind of navigate this, um, mm-hmm. all of all three of our, our pastoral staff is available and we would yeah. love to come alongside you for sure. Yeah. Sean's inbox might be a little, uh, <laughs> have a few more emails, <laughs> a bunch of forwards from nice. Tucker and Ben, but yeah. Uh, thank you, Sean, for your time. This has been helpful for me. And uh, Ben, thank you for your wisdom and insight and your time as well. 
And I want to thank you all for listening. If you'd like more information about Calvary Church, you can visit calvarychurch.us. You can check us out online or in person on Sunday mornings. And we would encourage you to subscribe to this podcast wherever it is that you listen. And uh, please feel free to leave us a review. We would love to hear from you. Uh, We'd also love to hear about any topics you'd like us to address on future episodes, any questions that you have. Uh, any uh, any topics that you feel like would be good for, for others to, to hear from us or from any guests that we have on the show. Uh, we look forward to having you join us again next week.